Thanks so much for listening. Before I get into the episode, I wanted to thank today's podcast sponsor, which is Coda Luna and their baby keepsake castle. I personally just put all of my baby's memorabilia into these little keepsake castle boxes and they are so adorable functional. And if you really love organization, then you're really going to love this keepsake box. So not only is it a keepsake box, but it also includes a baby book and it has space for capturing all of the milestones of your baby's early years. And then the keepsake box itself stores all of the memorabilia that you want to keep. So baby's first socks and pacifier and the little hat that they wore when they came home from the hospital. So this keepsake castle with the baby memory book is more than just an organizational product. It's a gateway to preserving the remarkable journey of new parenthood. So take a moment to visit keepsakecastle.com today and embark on creating a lasting legacy of love and nostalgia. Hello, thank you for listening to today's episode of Finding Your Village podcast. My name is Amanda, I'm your host, and in today's episode, we are going to be discussing how to cope with prodromal labor. Find yourself in a situation where you think that labor might be starting, you're not really sure, contractions have started, but then they kind of don't progress, you're not really sure what's going on, maybe you've gone to the hospital or birthing center or called your midwife and, you know, kind of had a false alarm only to be rejected and go home. It is not a fun situation and I'm really sorry if you're currently dealing with that. I have been in that situation twice myself where I have been in prodromal labor. So today I'm going to talk about how to get through it. I have read this wonderful article that I think really helps explain what prodromal labor is. It differentiates it from false labor, pre-labor, early active labor, And I'm really just going to focus on my takeaways from this article, which I'm going to share with you. And my goal today is just to help you cope with prodromal labor, help you get through it and prepare in case you do find yourself in this position, or if you dealt with prodromal labor with a previous pregnancy and you're scared that it's going to happen again, I've got some tips on how to get through it and kind of what to focus on. So the agenda is to explain what prodromal labor is. I'm going to give a summary on this article. I will go into a little bit of my own personal experiences, and then I'm going to recap the main takeaways from the article at the end. All right, so without further ado, what is prodromal labor? Prodromal labor is a common part of the labor process that happens leading up to the start of early labor. Not every pregnant woman will experience prodromal labor with Prodromal labor, you will have contractions, but it's different than Braxton Hicks. So if you have experienced Braxton Hicks, you know that they are not really painful. They're just kind of uncomfortable and your stomach kind of seizes up like a like a really hard bowling ball. That's what I experienced anyways whenever I had Braxton Hicks. So these contractions are the they're not like Braxton Hicks. They are painful, but they're more like a period cramp. They're not really too painful. They're like a one or a two out of 10 on a pain scale. 
and they are typically spaced out and don't come in regular intervals. Like I mentioned, I experienced prodromal labor before labor began with both of my pregnancies. During my most recent pregnancy with my son Cooper, I read this great article about prodromal labor and it explained it the best that I have ever understood it. Reading that article while I was actually going through prodromal labor for the second time was extremely helpful. It was very encouraging. It made me feel like I wasn't crazy. It made me feel hopeful that this wouldn't last forever. So this article that I read was called Prodromal Labor 101, What It Is, What It's Not, and How to Cope. It's from the blog called Mother Rising, and I'm going to link to this article in my show notes. So if you are experiencing prodromal labor right now or pre-labor, or you're just not sure what's going on, I highly recommend that you read this article. One of the first things that I love about this article is that it differentiates between prodromal labor, pre-labor, and false labor. The article mentions how these terms are often used interchangeably, but this is not correct and it's confusing. This article also differentiates between Braxton Hicks contractions and what you feel with prodromal labor. So it's interesting because, like I said, I've experienced prodromal labor twice with both of my children. With my daughter, Grace, my oldest, there was a very clear and definite difference between Braxton Hicks that I had experienced since I was like 20 weeks pregnant and my first prodromal labor contractions. I remember waking up one morning when I was like 11 days overdue and thinking like, huh, this, I'm, I'm, this hurts. I feel like a contraction-y type of thing. It feels like I didn't even, it didn't even register in my brain that it was a Braxton Hicks. It was that different and distinct. Whereas when I went into labor for the second time, there was a much more subtle difference between what I understood to be Braxton Hicks and these prodromal labor contractions where my Braxton Hicks slowly crept into more intense, rather painful contractions over the course of like weeks and days as I led up to going into actual labor with him. So it's interesting, even from my own personal experience, it can be clearly defined as different or more nuanced. The main difference between Braxton Hicks contractions and any other type of contraction is that Braxton Hicks are not painful. They make your stomach tight. It's sometimes uncomfortable, but it does not hurt. Prodromal labor contractions are painful. Not very. Uh, They were painful enough for me to wake me up in the middle of the night. And Braxton Hicks will go away with rest, sleep, hydration, whereas prodromal labor contractions typically don't. Now, a caveat, in my experience, prodromal labor contractions can peter out when you start moving around and are active, but then when you lay down, they pick back up and they become more frequent, which is extremely frustrating when it's nighttime and you're trying to get some sleep and, you know, you're trying to actually prepare for the real thing and you just keep getting woken up by these contractions that are not active labor. The article then differentiates between prodromal labor and early labor. Both are painful and timeable contractions 
but early labor contractions become longer, stronger, and closer together. And the big difference is that early labor contractions dilate your cervix to six centimeters. The article then differentiates between prodromal labor and false labor. False labor contractions are basically more intense versions of Braxton Hicks. So they're not quite painful, but they make you stop and make you notice and kind of go, hmm, these are a little different than they've been. And again, Braxton Hicks go away with rest, hydration, after you use the restroom. Then the article differentiates between prodromal labor and pre-labor. The biggest difference here is that pre-labor contractions fizzle out and stop completely and you're able to sleep. I really liked the way that the article said it, so I'm going to quote them here. They said, In my experience, if you're experiencing strong, sometimes irregular, but noticeable and timeable contractions every evening for a week straight, but things fizzle out at night and you eventually get to sleep, this is not prodromal, but pre-labor. Then the article contrasts that with prodromal labor contractions, saying that if you're experiencing painful, sometimes irregular, but noticeable and timeable contractions, but things do not fizzle out at night, or when you lay down and therefore you struggle to rest and or sleep, you're experiencing prodromal labor. This difference was very, very encouraging to me with my son's birth. I was starting to have the the same kind of pattern that I had when I was in labor with my daughter and I was starting to kind of panic. I had read some articles about women experiencing, you know, some of the, some of the early stuff for weeks and I hadn't slept the night before because I kept getting woken up by these contractions that weren't too painful, but painful enough that it would interrupt my sleep. And I was afraid I was going to have sleepless nights for weeks, but when I read this article and I read that differentiation along with the fact that it had stated that pre-labor can last for weeks, but prodromal labor will only last for a day or two, that made me feel so relieved, gave me a lot of hope and really just helped me to calm down. The article also has this chart that they call the spectrum of labor. And I just thought it was so cool. It was a really neat representation of all of the stuff that they were talking about, all of these terms that were really, are really confusing and quite honestly used interchangeably most of the time. And it laid out all of these terms in order of progression of the quote unquote early stuff to labor. And it was a really cool visual. It really helped me understand the difference of all of these terms that they were using, where they were saying like Braxton Hicks is just a normal part of pregnancy that doesn't necessarily indicate that labor is coming at all. And then it goes into, you know, the next notch up is false labor, then pre-labor and prodromal labor. And then you have finally early labor where the, the kind of gauge on this uh, chart kind of changes into you're actually in labor and it doesn't really matter, you know, all of these definitions and nuances, but if you're like me and you just want to know what the heck is going on, I just thought it was very helpful and a very cool visual way to lay it out and to differentiate between what's actually going on. Another thing that I really liked in this article is that they said, No matter what you're experiencing, it is real, 
difficult and a normal part of the end of pregnancy and it won't last forever and it will end sooner rather than later. I just thought that was a very motivational quote. I really like that. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention just from my own experience and um, this, you know, could be helpful or not, I guess, um, just depends. Keep in mind that any part of labor might be long or short. So for example, with my daughter, I had prodromal labor for like two days, early labor for somewhere around 24 hours, active labor for 12 hours, and I pushed for like three hours. With my son, in contrast, I experienced false labor contractions for about a week where things would kind of start and then stop. Then I noticed my Braxton Hicks were getting more intense and more frequent at times. Then that prodromal labor stuff started and lasted for about a day. Early labor was really only eight hours. Active labor was maybe four, and I pushed for 15 minutes. So, you know, I mean, obviously he was my second, and things do tend to go faster with the second. But my point is that any part of labor can be long or short. Just because you're, you know, experiencing false labor for days or weeks doesn't mean that your entire labor process is going to take forever just because one part of it did. And then my doula, who I absolutely love, she told me when I was going through this with my son, she said, you know, every single woman only has a set number of contractions that it takes to get the baby out. You don't know what that number is going to be, but um, if you can get, you know, a lot of those contractions out of the way with this early stuff, with the pre-labor or prodromal labor, then you've kind of gotten through a good chunk of your contractions, X number of contractions that it's going to take to get your baby out. And if you can get through it with some lighter early stuff, then that's fewer of them to go through when you're in active labor. So I just, I thought that was kind of a cool way to look at it. And I found that to be very encouraging as well. Okay, another great takeaway from this article is that they suggest that when you're experiencing any of the early stuff, Braxton Hicks, all the way up to actual early labor, you should always try to rest rather than to try to be in labor, quote unquote. For a first time mom, I think this is especially wonderful advice. When I was in early labor with my daughter, I absolutely tried to be in labor. I noticed that contractions picked up in uh, intensity and frequency at one point um, as I was going through labor, and I thought that this was it. I thought I was like going through transition, Um, and really, I think all that was actually happening was I was transitioning into early labor. If someone would have told me that at the time, I think I would have punched them in the face because it was so intense, and it was painful, and it hurt, and... I had been doing all of this early stuff for so long, for days, that I just thought, you know, this couldn't possibly go on for two more days. You know, in hindsight, this was when prodromal labor was ending and true early labor was beginning. And I was excited. I was tired, but I was excited. And when I started to, um, you know, really be in pain, I think that I just was reading too much into it and I was letting my emotions and excitement kind of get the best of me. And I was telling myself that I was further along in the birthing process than I actually was. Now with my son's labor, I did just the opposite. 
and it was so much better. Um, I was just kind of like in denial throughout the entire time of being in labor with him. I was like, you know, when I first started having actual contractions, I was like, no, these are just Braxton Hicks. Um, I've still got a week more. I was overdue, but I was overdue with my daughter for two weeks. And with him, I was, um, only five days overdue. So I'm like, no, I've got another week. I'm going to be pregnant. And I just kind of denied. And then when contractions really did happen, I just thought, oh, well, this is prodromal labor. I'm going to be doing this for another two days and deny, deny. When I was really, really in labor, I still was just in this state of denial. And honestly, it helped because I wasn't focused so much on the pain and intensity. I was just more kind of distracted, I guess. Um, so I, I think that that was, um, helpful. And, and I also wasn't just distracted. I was focused on self-care and really just taking care of myself and doing things to just kind of cope with the moment rather than be so focused on, I'm excited. I'm going to meet my baby. And, And that's a good thing to do. But in the moment to get through, you know, a, a night's sleep, trying to get as much sleep as possible. It was much more helpful not to kind of give in to that excitement, if that makes sense. Um, so I completely agree with the advice of focus on resting as much as you can versus trying to be in labor. It's absolutely fine to be excited. Just try to keep things in check as much as you can. Now, with that being said, I will say that one of the most frustrating things about prodromal labor was that when you lay down at night to go to bed, typically the contractions start to pick up and they start to hurt more. They start to um, come more frequently as well. And it's very annoying because you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to rest. You're trying to sleep, trying to keep your energy up in, in preparation for labor and you will keep getting woken up by mildly painful contractions. Even when this is going on, do your best. Try to just sleep. I remember just telling myself, okay, I'm going to sleep in like 20, 30 minute intervals. Don't look at a clock. Just sleep until you can't do it anymore and then get up and, you know, go about your day and, and do something else that's relaxing. And then one of the last things that this article touches on is speeding up the prodromal labor process and positioning of baby. The million dollar question is, can you speed up prodromal labor or actual labor itself? Some say yes, some say no. I again agree with the stance that the author of this article takes. They say, I encourage you to spend your time and energy on resting eating and drinking, rather than on ways to speed up prodromal labor. Resting your body and properly nourishing your body in preparation for the marathon head is absolutely priority number one. Now, if it's not the middle of the night, and if you have rested as much as possible, then I would also recommend focusing on trying to get your baby into the most favorable position possible. Like they mentioned in the article, sometimes prodromal labor or even long early labors can occur because baby isn't in a favorable position. For instance, they could be in a posterior position or uh, some call it sunny side up where they're facing, their face is facing your belly button rather than facing your back, which is the anterior position, which is the best position for baby to come down through the birth canal. 
So with my son, he was kind of flipping from posterior to anterior in the final weeks and days of my pregnancy. So when I experienced prodromal labor, my doula recommended that I try the mile circuit, which this article also recommends. So the mile circuit is a series of exercises or poses that you can do to encourage your baby to get in a really good position for labor and birth. The article also mentions spinning babies. Now I'm a fan of spinning babies. However, there is a lot of information on the spinning babies website. And I think it could be really overwhelming to read if you are in the throes of prodromal labor, or if you are not familiar with it and you're, you know, about to give birth, it's just a lot of information. So if this is the case for you, I highly recommend looking at the mile circuit. It's very straightforward. The website is clear and it's a quick and easy read. And the positions are very doable, even during mildly painful contractions. So in conclusion, the main takeaways from this article on prodromal labor is number one, if you are experiencing mildly painful, noticeable and timeable contractions, and things don't fizzle out at night or when you lay down, you are experiencing prodromal labor. Number two, this will only last for a day or two. And number three, while this is happening, as frustrating and as uncomfortable as it may be, if it's nighttime, you really need to try to sleep or at least rest as much as you can. Please do not try to be in labor. Now, if it's during the day, go about your normal daily routine as much as you possibly can. Try not to focus on labor and instead focus on self-care. Number four, if you are rested and taking care of yourself, check out the mile circuit to encourage optimal positioning of your baby. And I'm linking to the mile circuit in my show notes as well. Number five, prodromal labor is just a variation of normal in childbirth. It's part of the spectrum of the quote unquote early stuff that leads up to labor. Please repeat this to yourself. This will not last forever and you will meet your baby soon. Good luck and thank you for listening today.